Hi everyone, welcome to Membership Voice. I'm Kero O'Shea, the coordinator of The Voice and host for this evening's webinar. It's great to see you all. Particular welcome to all our district governors and past DGs and Rotarians and Rotaractors and friends who are with us tonight. But first thing, I want to acknowledge the Noongar Wajuk people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm hosting tonight's webinar. I acknowledge the strength of their continuing culture and offer my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Tonight, of course, we've got how new style clubs will help grow Rotary. Wouldn't that be, won't that be fantastic? And it's going to be presented by District Governor Andy Rajapaksi. And Andy has a brilliant record as part of the strategic development of District 9640. He started a bunch of clubs. He and his forebears have improved the percentage of women to 38% of the district membership, under 40s to 10%. And He's got plus 230 member growth this year. That makes three consecutive years of growth. District 9640 has smashed through the 1400 member mark. And the good news is, even better news, that Andy's moving into a, the membership coordinating team to work with Rotary coordinator Adrian Roach. And I should at this stage say, Andy, that Adrian sends his apologies. So he is a very reluctant apology. Getting back to Andy, Andy's a practising international marketing and public relations professional, and it shows in, in his results. And he's going to share with us how he did it and his plans to empower other Rotary districts in Zone 8 to grow. So at this stage, over to you, please, Andy. Thank you, Kiro. And good to see most of my friends around here, and uh, including my own district governor, I mean, designate from my district, Dave Harmon, and all my friends, I can see my Deputy Public Image Chair too, Jody. All right, guys, here we are. So you can see this is where I'm from. My district is much more, but I'm from the Gold Coast. I bring you greetings from the beautiful part. And that's where I'm speaking from. And this is my little district. We are one of the smallest districts, if you look at other districts in Australia. And most of you who know me and who knows, you know that we are a smaller district, but uh, it's unique because we are one part southern part of New uh, Queensland and the north, uh, northern most part of uh, New South Wales. And uh, this is a simple snapshot of my district and I want to share with you what we have done and how we did what we did. So I'm not going to say what went wrong, I'm going to tell you what really went right. Uh, so on the 1st of July, when I took over as governor, we had 1,177 members and I came up with this crazy goal to make it a 400, 1400 member district. And you can see we have already come to 1404 and we grew by five new clubs and with a plus 227 members. But more importantly also, in addition to the growth, we also contributed 300,000 US dollars as at today to the foundation. And we are the fifth largest contributor to the foundation in Australia today. We have one more week for others to give more than us. Uh, but we have done our little bit. So our district actually was the story of any other district across Australia in the developed world of whether you see Great Britain, Ireland or US. If you see in the last 10 years, we just kept coming down. But about four years ago, we just decided that something must be done. And we decided that we will take a look at what was happening to our district. And what we did created a huge impact for us to grow. Can you see that? So this year's growth that Kiro said 
as a governor is not something that I created from 1st of July. It was a continuous improvement process that had happened over the last four years. If you see, as we came down in one year, we lost a large amount, 42 members. That's one club left from our district to 9650. But since then, we stabilized ourselves here. And for the last two years, we really did not lose any members. Net loss. And uh, what, what I think simply is what I want to share with you is how my district, we developed a world champion team of membership champions. And membership is a nice word in our district to use. It's not taboo, people like it. And all these ones on this bicycle with those kids are membership champions. And this is how this year we have grown in the last 12 months. My team had one goal. We had one focus and one vision. And that was the key. One goal, one focus, one vision, that is to have 1400 members by 1st of July, 2021. A goal need to have a measure, it need to have a timeline. And the short-term goal was every day we would induct one member every day somewhere in my district. And as of today, we have inducted 372 new members and we are not yet 365 days in the year. But what you see here, these green dots, are every time we started a new club in October two, like that, green dots are new clubs helped us to boost. I'll show you, it was not only the new clubs that boosted our growth. So we believed in the fifth century philosopher of Socrates. I strongly believe focusing our energy to build something new. And it, it is what we did, building something new. And this is how our growth is. I hope everyone can see this Kiro. It should be all right. Uh, Kiro, you can see this, right? The screen? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's fine, Andy. Now, what I'm showing you here is this is performance, measure of performance by in the Rotary website, rotary.org. If you see, our existing clubs grew by 126, 124 members. And my new clubs that I formed are the five new clubs you see here. They grew by 106. So which means it was not only the new clubs, existing club growth. And that's why we are at a 230 plus. And if you look at this, I have 22 clubs that grew by plus three, net plus three. Net plus three is a large amount uh, to grow. You know, To get a net plus three, you really need about six or seven members to bring in because you have about four leaving all every year. And uh, we have my district governor nominee designate here, who's the president of the Ballon Richmond Club, as you see, which has the highest growth. They double, they grew by 100%, 37, became 38. And we have Dave, his wife, Robin, both are members, and also Jody Shelley, my newsletter editor, you must be getting the newsletter. Uh, so they grew the largest by 100% increase. And that's a club of 35 year old club. None of these clubs are the new ones. They are all the existing clubs. And you can see 22 clubs growing plus three is a massive, massive ask. And, uh, and I had an award for each of them who would grow plus three. I had incentive that I would give a lead excellence in leadership award accompanied with a Paul Harris fellow. And all these will get Paul Harris fellows on Saturday. You know, we have to reward and recognize our volunteers. So one thing I need to share with you is in Rotary, in Rotary, we have to do this. We need to measure our performance. And there's only one way to measure leadership. Leadership is your performance. You know, if they're a good car racing driver or a good jockey or a good horse or anything, it's about measuring your leadership 
is your performance. There's nothing more, nothing less. And I'm so happy that my district has 39 clubs out of my 58 have grown by minimum of plus mark. You know, that's about 72% of our clubs have grown. 10 clubs have held on to the membership. So, which is very good. You know, it's all round 360 degree growth. This is something amazing. Actually, I got in the newsletter that Barbara had just come out from the Respawn newsletter. There was something that I always benchmark when I took over as governor is that I wanted to grow. I never wanted to compete with Australia or Zone 8. It was not my competitor. I wanted to compete with the global area, the global zones, other zones. And one of the fastest growing zones is Zone 10, 10A, I think, that's Philippines. And if you can see today, my district's growth is larger than the largest growth district of Zone 10, Philippines. Culturally, we are very different, and our method of growth, growth is very different because we are an advanced, developed country with an aging population and aging membership. Whereas the Philippines, Brazil, and India have a lot younger and larger populations. The Philippines has something like 80 million people, and we are 25. But the rate of growth, and this is something I strongly believe, and I worked for as an intern for General Electric when Jack Welch was the CEO and chairman. It's very clear moment. The, rate of change outside your club, outside your district, is more than inside your club or inside your district. The end of your club or end of your district is near. And I'm happy that we have benchmarked ourselves as one of the fastest growing, highest growing districts. And it's possible, anyone can do it. And this is what you have. we have in these 12 months. This is what we did. This is what Arch Klump said, the founder of the Rotary Foundation in 1917. In 12 months, we attracted to 372 new members. We formed 12 clubs, and it was testing myself, competing with ourselves. We were our biggest competitor. Five Rotary clubs, new Rotary clubs, two new satellite clubs, and Dave Harmon's uh, Balnor Richmond Satellite Club is the largest in Australia with 25 members and they want to be a satellite. We have started three new Rotaract clubs, one Interact club, one Rotex club. Rotex is alumni, so a group of youth exchange students, and given 300,000 to the foundation. And it's possible because we must move forward. And how do we move forward? It's a 360 degree growth of every aspect in the textbook. And David Egan will tell you as a trainer, this is what Rotary tells us, that there are models. But I'll go back. Do you want to know how we did this? You know, we four years ago, we looked at our district and we found that there were some big, big holes in our membership bucket. And I was the membership chair under Michael Irving, the governor. And we looked at it from a marketing side. Why are we losing? And we realized we are losing members because the number of members joining are less. And that's natural. So there are two things you can do, either stop the leaks or increase the number of water that is going in here. And we looked at it as to why are our members leaving? We were 1,427 members 12 years ago. And how, why were they leaving? Because our club model were revolving around the universe of meetings. And we said, okay, what can we do? We looked at what's happening in meetings is that 
Rotary, I have always said, is a 20th century organization. Started in 1905, Kiro and friends. So we are continuing a 20th century system in majority of our clubs. As a result, the new people cannot fit in there. It takes two months for someone to join a Rotary Club. There are clubs with, it takes three months. But you know, we can get a passport in 24 hours, a blue card in 24 hours, and it's not going to work because 21st century, we are in the 21st year, the 21st century needs 21st century systems. And look at this, how, we asked ourselves, how are we going to attract these people, these cool kids? Because this is the generation Z and the millennials. Generation Z are the newest generation, the most digital generation to walk the planet. 26% of the global population is under 24. And Australia has 4.6 million under 24 generation Z members. And they spend 100 billion. And how do we bring these people into Rotary? So we looked at the suburbs that these young under 40s, under 24s live. And this is the very suburb that I live in. I'm a member of the Burley Heads Rotary Club. And this is a suburb. And we started our new clubs here. It was 2018, I started the first new style club. So it was not shooting in the dark. You know, we were looking for hotspots. And this is a club I started in 2018 to attract younger professionals. It was Varsity Lakes, and can you see the ambience, how they meet? There's no head table, they're very active, energetic. You can see the enthusiasm and the passion and the age. Now that gave me a taste to go for another one in six months. Barbara is on the Zoom with us and she'll be happy to know that. I called Barbara in January of 2019 and I asked her about starting a club for young professionals. And she told, uh, gave me an idea, Andy, how about a passport club? I never knew about it. And with her help and a connection to the first passport club in Sacramento, California, I came up with a passport club. And this is one of the most vibrant Rotary clubs today in Australia and one of the most vibrant passport clubs in the world. They have 30 under 30 members. And can you see their model is different, how they meet. They meet once a month, wine and cheese, $10 and it's very cheap. They pay their fees monthly. But is what is is what you see is the engagement. What I want to show in the pictures, Kiro, is the engagement, how, how connected they are. And then I went on to form a corporate club inside this corporate building. It's a 17-story building. I walked in there and asked them, why is there no Rotary Club here? Because there are companies, 47 companies. And the company said, yes, you would like to, I asked them, would you like to see the people around, meet the people in the building? They said, yes, we like to meet them and get to know them. And this is in COVID in May, right in the middle of COVID. And we were able to form this club inside. And it's a corporate club where members are partners and members of corporates like KPMG, PKF, IBM, Pricewaterhouse, and law companies, accounting, financial planning. They meet, each company hosts one of their meetings once a month, wine and cheese, and they meet in their boardrooms. Every company has a good boardroom. Uh, it's ironic that it's a 17-story building, and Kiro Rotary started also in a 17-story building. Paul Harris was in the Unity Building, 17 stories in downtown Chicago. And uh, this is an amazing club. And these people had never joined my club. And then I went on to start another club. This was uh, in December, a networking club in Lismo. So Lismo was the first club of my district in 1931, was the first club of the district. 
formed in northern New South Wales. And Lismore is also the city where the first Lions Club in Australia was formed in 1947. Uh, but in Lismore, y'all are all Rotarians and friends, so I can share with you, we have four clubs in Lismore, and uh, two of those clubs still do not uh, admit women. And there were ladies who wanted to join, and they could not fit in there. And I asked, they wanted to start a satellite club, and the clubs around said, we are not going to sponsor you. And when it came to my year as governor, I said, why do you want a satellite club? Get 20 people, we form a club. So today there are 14 ladies and six men in that club, the Lismore Networking Club, and they meet fortnightly to wine and cheese. So in this club, there are more females than all the four clubs put together in that Lismore area. There's another one not far from Balna, a town that we missed. We had five clubs around, and this is a famous story that I went and asked. I was taken to the town by the past governor in the picture with the flag. And I walked around and asked, walked into a real estate agency, LJ Hooker, and asked them, why is there no Rotary Club in this beautiful town? And that led to a Rotary Club here in New South Wales. This is a recent one. It's not far from my, my own club. So I don't know whether you know that the Nippers program was started in Australia, in New South Wales, by the Rotary Club and Nambaka heads. And Numbaka has Rotary Club closed down since then. And we saw an opportunity. And this, this place, Kurumbin Viking Surf Club, is today the biggest surf club with what, nippers on the Gold Coast. So with my membership chair, he took me here and said, isn't this a good place for a Rotary Club? We pitched this club to the parents of nippers as a Wednesday morning breakfast club so that when they bring the kids for the training on life surf life-saving, they could attend a breakfast Rotary Club. And most of these are parents of the Nippers who come there, but they are also young professionals who are around the place. And this was a project I gave my membership chair. I started this club along with him. So I held his hand and took him along so that he could get used to forming a club. And we managed to do this in less than 100 days. He beat me. I kept 100 days to start a new club. Uh, he, my membership chair beat me and started in 90 days, 91. And this is uh, a nice project that came from Balnon Richmond, Dave Harmon's club. They had, a, they have been talking about it for a year. There were people retired into retirement um, uh, resorts, and these are people who would like to come out and have a once a month lunch and get involved with the community. So we started a satellite club for retired corporate leaders, and that's how 13 members. I when I pitched the idea of satellite club, 13 people said yes. We chartered and it grew to 25 members in about two months. It's, it's the largest satellite club in Australia. And that actually helped Balnon Richmond Club to move from 37 to 75. This club was just chartered yesterday um, on the 18th of June. And this is the famous Koala Lovers Rotary Club. And this is all under 25. And their focus is the koala. Koala is the animal ambassador of Australia but it's, it's a species that is really suffering to survive. And uh, we just got the charter confirmation today. So this is what we have done. We have created a system in our, if anybody, a system in our district, if you walk into my district, you can see clubs that will fit your lifestyle. I think Kiro and friends, that is where our pitching has been for the last three years. We created lifestyle clubs so that people's lifestyles would fit into the 
club and clubs fitted to the lifestyle of the people. So we have dinner, breakfast, lunch, or wine and cheese. If you like e-clubs, okay, Zoom, corporate clubs, passport clubs, and networking. If you're younger and you don't want the Rotary involvement or engagement too much, you can go for Rotary. You have 13 interact clubs, the Rotex club. Every club can fit someone in. So it's like going into a gourmet restaurant. I think that is what we need to grow Rotary, is to offer a bigger platform for people to connect. And, and that has been the secret of our district's growth. And with this kind of new clubs coming, I think from 2018, now we have nine new style clubs. And today, just now, half an hour ago, I launched another new club in Palm Beach. Uh, it is backed by my own club, Early Heads. And uh, I had eight people say, yes, we want to join Rotary, it's completely new. And there were two people who had left Rotary clubs before. One had left my own club, other from Hamilton Island. They said, yeah, we are now here. We like to join a Rotary club. So, you know, people are ready to join if you are ready to expand. So if you go to a restaurant and you have only sandwiches or hamburgers, you're not going there again. So it's like that. We have to offer a better offering. It's not the cost, it's offering. Now, this is uh, one of our best parts of growing. So what happened is when we kept expanding our newer clubs, you know, existing clubs started changing because there was a threat of competition. So the existing clubs also said, wow, we also want to bring young people. Sure, all the new clubs attracted young people. Can you see that the tower here, the number of under 29s and under 30s we have, it, you know, it, 140 of them. And if you look at the under 50s, so we have 150, 10% of our district. And they're, they're the ones you see. And, and we got the cool kids here, can you see? But if you look at this, for the last five years, see where we were five years ago, we just had 18 under 30s and only 30 under 40s here. We have practically grown by 300% and it's possible. This is possible. The new clubs attract younger people. Out of the 372 new members, Kiro, 71% were female members who joined us and 39% were under 40s. And that is why this graph became like this and this, of course, the green one is unreported. We still have about 370 people who have not reported their age, but they would be over 760. And yes, as Kiro said, once again, can you see the growth of our female members is, we have, we were 342 five years ago, but we 530 today. And if you look at from last year to this year, we have grown by 131 female members, whereas the male members have grown only by a small amount, from 781. So you can see the growth of female members has also been one of the new clubs, but second, the other clubs accepting. We have a club, Jimbumba, they never wanted to have female members, they have a board decision. But this year I was able to induct three female members to this club. And this club has now five female members, Jimbumba Rotary Club. It also got the award for the best small Rotary Club at the 2012 convention in Bangkok. Now this is how, this is Dave Harmon, president is here, his success story, he should share it sometime. So my, my story is, I think if there is a will, there is a way. And this is what we as governors and club presidents, I think assistant Rotary coordinators, all of us, we need to have that will, will to succeed and will to innovate, will to move forward. 
And that will is the one that has been helping us to have an exponential growth because our growth is 400% more than the district next to us who has grown. And Western Australia has a district that has grown, the 9455, very well. And uh, you see, when we set a goal, we set a goal like this for the whole <laughs> And you will believe yes, that we can achieve this goal. Sorry. And I mean, my goal was 1,327, but I think I'm going to end at some way. It's, it's, it's a goal that we I can believe we can set. So the G-Train needs at a goal. And our no, G so uh, this is it. So what we really did is we changed our mindset. Over a period of four so years, we were able to change the mindset of our leaders. We pushed boundaries. And this was like a team. We have built a team, the whole team has a mindset with a will to do, will to change, will to win, and will to test out new things. And it is like this goldfish. There's a snake in that, go in that bowl, if you see, and he's going to eat all the goldfish. But one goldfish got an idea and thought, okay, I am going to take a leap. Sure, if I get, succeed, I go into a bowl all alone. If I don't, I die. Anyway, you die inside. So it's like our clubs, if you don't take the leap to test yourself and check a chance and push boundaries, you will be extinct because the snake will take you. And I think in our district, our biggest achievement has been our ability to accept change. It's not change was happening all around, but I think our club leaders, our presidents, assistant governors, the whole past governors, all of them, have had the ability to accept this change. It was coming very fast and change always comes fast. So Kiro, you're asking me what we are going to do. So this is what has happened to our zone. As you can see, we have been growing down. And I took the challenge when uh, Adrian and Jesse wanted me to come in to a challenging role as assistant rotary coordinator to share this model of what, how we have grown with new clubs, starting new clubs is my passion and it's my expertise. And you can see, you know, in the month of December, we go down in the month of June. And I think in the last 24 hours, we lost 50 members. And I think we can bring a model. We have, I have the confidence with my team that we can turn around because if we could do it in 9640, I think any district can do. On Saturday, I address the pets of Swedish district 23690, and there were 100 presidents. And uh, they were amazed that we could do. If Australia can do, Sweden can do. That's the message. I addressed the district of uh, San Francisco, and they said, wow, you guys have done it. Then we can do it. So I think what I want to share with you is give you the confidence that if we can do, any district, any club can do this turn around and grow. It has happened in companies, it happened in countries. It can be done, but you need to build your team. But more than that, the leader must have the passion and the will to move forward, move as a team. And this is the future, the future that I'm walking into as a assistant Rotary coordinator and some of you is this. The future is, these are the young people under 24s who have taken the world by, song, uh, by storm. If you know this lady, Malala Yusuf, campaigned for literacy in Pakistan and got shot in the head, but she's 24. This is a candy. I know this girl's family from Myanmar. She was Miss Universe for Myanmar. And she 
sacrificed her top 10 role, won the national costume, but she campaigned for human rights at the finals in Myanmar, in, uh, in Florida at the Miss Universe competition to say that her country is being prosecuted and killed, you know, people are killed by the army. And this young boy, Elvi, he's from Washington University in Spokane in the state of Washington. He's 19. And after the after COVID lockdown in May last year, he created a website on real-time reporting of COVID cases, infections, deaths, and recoveries. And WHO uses his platform. He's only 19. And um, Christina, this girl from Germany, she led a campaign for climate change across Germans. Germany getting all school kids to come out on Friday. And this girl, I think a lot of you know Greta from Sweden, she led a campaign of school kids around the world uh, protesting and asking people to take climate change seriously. As a result, two weeks ago, the board meeting of ExxonMobil, there were two members of the board of ExxonMobil were ousted by a venture capitalist company who believes in climate change and supports these kids. And things are changing. Of course, we all know Grace Tam from Tasmania, who campaigned against the gag law and became the Australian of the year. Now, how do our clubs, how are we going to attract these people? They are 26% of our population. And that is our challenge. We have to match their lifestyles. So for me, Kero, you asked me about my role as assistant rotary coordinator. I have... Uh, decided that I will work with the districts and help every district empower with my colleague assistant rotary coordinators who are going to be in those districts on the ground. But I have brought my, got myself a multinational team of experts, sorry, experts uh, who have joined me. And uh, this is a current incoming governor, Danielle Lalamant. She's from San Francisco governor and she's the one who started the first LGBTQI Rotary Club in the world. Candice is my passport specialist who formed the passport club. Uh, Sandra has been starting satellite clubs in my district since 2012. She's my satellite specialist. This is Jason Brown from USA, Pennsylvania State University. He has been assistant rotary coordinator there, but he's amazing about attracting cool kids, young ones. Tom Grump is a governor with me in Minnesota. He is the governor who has started the largest amount of course-based clubs like veterans, Mm. Uh, Jenny Scott, uh, she's from Ohio, from the US. Uh, Jerry's is a rotaractor and a Rotarian in the UK, Birmingham Rotary president. And she's an expert on transitioning rotaractors into Rotary. And Vanessa is my expert on corporate clubs and she was a founder member of the Gold Coast Corporate Club. So this is where I'm heading, Kero, uh, with an expertise team that can be available for districts. If they want corporate club, yes, I have an expert in my team. So my assistant rotary coordinators, if they tell me, hey, Andy, I need a passport club, here we have. And I have tried the model out. In May, I went in uh, with the help of past Governor Michael from 9570 and helped to start a corporate satellite club in Mackay. And we will charter this next month. And that will be one of my first projects for the Mackay Rotary Club. And it took me like four months to get the Makai Club on board. And even before I went for the pitch, so I went as the pitch, I did the pitch and the club got the people. And we have got 10 members now ready to go. So we can do it. If we can do it in 9640, 
anyone can do. I think we have got the model. I didn't go into all the details of the strategies. That's a long story of each of those had a strategy, but we had a plan. But more than that, we had one goal. We had one focus. We had one vision. And that's where we went. And that's what we have achieved. And I'm happy in the coming year to share this model and empower more and more districts because the world and Rotary looks at, RI looks at us as zone eight and as Australia or New Zealand or the Pacific. And I think that's what we can do. If one district can grow faster rate than a, a fastest growing area like Philippines, that means we have a system that we can do Kiro. Thank you, my friends. I'm open to any of your questions. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Uh, we do have some questions chair. for you. Oh, yes, if you would, please, mate. That would be great. Yes. Andy, uh, Candice is your uh, passport specialist. Is there anything, I mean, obviously there are, there are generic, there's a gen generic passport model, but what's special about the 9640 Passport Club? Okay, good question, Kiro. The Gold Coast Passport Rotary Club are all completely new to Rotary. They've never been in Rotary, one. Two, they're all under 35. I would say, okay, under 40, because the oldest member is in that uh, age group, about 40. But they're all new. They are, they are the cool kids. They are the new generation of gen millennials and the generation, he said. Now, their style is different. They don't have minutes. All their meetings, all the, they have committees. There are more committees than even my Burley Heads Rotary Club. Everything is on an app called Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O, Trello app. It's a project management app. So everyone knows what has to be done. You're given a task, you set your own task and your day timeline. And when you report it, everyone knows it's done. And if it's not done, your team leader will take you off and put it on, give it to somebody else because they're task oriented. Let's get the job done. It doesn't matter whether you are my friend or best friend or not known. We want the job done. I mean, so they march on, they march to a different drumbeat. Second, they believe in that passport concept and they join projects of other Rotary clubs. That's the concept of a passport club. They don't need to create projects of their own. They can go join projects of their passion. So three, four members will go and join a project somewhere else in another club or a charity of their choice. That was what we had the original idea. So passport club members are involved with many different charities, but they have not contributed to the Rotary Foundation because you know their passion is somewhere else. They will come there. I mean, I president told me, Andy, as a token, I want to give two, we want to give $250 to the Rotary Foundation. I said, good, good start. But can you see that's the passport model? And now, and that club has also got involved with a global grant. Just before COVID hit us in February, they had a, did a global grant with a club in Goa to buy respiratory equipment to a hospital in Goa. How timely was that? And the equipment came in March and COVID came in April to them. And that hospital has now eight respiratory beds you know, with respiratory equipment. So it's a small, it's a small club we chartered only in 2019, June but see where they've come. So the model is that the real passport concept, it's not a group of former Rotarians getting together and forming itself a passport club. No, I think it's the real passport concept and it's growing. They meet only once a month. They meet in a co-working space. 
So their model of paying monthly, you know, they can afford that. It's affordable for that age to pay $30 a month. And they don't take cash. It's always by card, credit or debit. Andy, another question. Sometimes, sometimes people are very inwardly focused with their clubs and districts and whatever, and they're not necessarily so accepting of ideas from elsewhere. Um, how do you how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah. You know, I, you know, you have this situation where people are so passionate about what they're doing inside their club or in a district, and they hold on. Uh, you know, this is why Rotary has the succession plan of every year. I can be a governor only once in my lifetime. So is RI president. You know, we have that so that we move out and give way to people. Actually, I am not holding any district chair positions in my district for the next three years. I decided that two years ago because I've been in the district leadership team for six years. I want to go out and give others to come in and they should be there. So I think, you know, we can have a passion, but we need to take our passion, elevate our passion to another level and move out another planet you know we, we are getting caught inside our little clubs because rotary is much much more than a little club and a little district certainly is that improvement in morale uh, it, overall improvement in morale andy with all this growth across your clubs one of the things i've observed is that uh, when a club grows generally the members the members feel good about rotary and the like how has that improvement in morale um, influenced retention rates in 9640? Well, our starting new clubs has not reduced or, or, or made members leave. There can be, you know, few people are not happy. I know Dave has always had challenges in being a traditional club. People say, yeah, why are we growing so much? You know, how big? But that's for a little while. You know, it's a minority. Very few, and I think we should not be worrying too much about that minority. I would like to look at what's the majority of looking at, 98% say, yeah, we should go with it. But you need to take the club with you. You need to take the district with you as leaders. You know, let them buy into it. What is the benefit of having such clubs? But somebody asked me, older Rotarian, are you going to have more clubs in the district than McDonald's outlets? So I told him, we already have more Rotary clubs than McDonald's, so I'm not going to do anything more. But the idea is that we need to have, in every suburb, we need to have a Rotary club because people in that suburb want to connect. So, you know, our, our expansion of growing new clubs and expanding the clubs have actually helped clubs to understand the value of uh, leveraging so that we have more people, you don't need to be tiring yourself. And I think there was a question about somebody asking or young people looking at district events. You want to look at that? Yes. Yes. Let's, 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 yeah. let's go with yeah. that. Yeah. We have had very good response. I'll just start with what's coming up. My district changeover is this Saturday. And we have 140 people registered to come for that. And we closed at 140. Uh, that was on Sunday. It was filled up. Out of the 140, 14 are road tractors. And another 14 are Rotarians under 30 and eight are interactors. So actually out of the 140, 40 would be people under 30. Protractors, Rotarians and interactors. So they will come if we make it interesting. My conference had 300 people and in that 300 people, 12% were under 35 because it was a one day conference and it was not too much of Rotary jargon. It was fun, exciting things. We had a whole panel of youth exchange students saying what their experience was. 
We had parents of youth exchange students saying how difficult it was to miss their kid for a year. You know, we had youth program people. I mean, so it was them. It was a celebration of people of our district. We only had two guest speakers from outside and um, Jesse Harmon was the keynote speaker. So, you know, like, I think if we, we have to make our district events appealing, once again, to their lifestyle, we, there is no time for us. Even I don't have three days for a conference anymore. Andy, a question about your women members, and you've got your, your the stats that you showed are absolutely remarkable, where you've, Thank you. where you've recruited hundreds of women members. A few years ago, I did a study in District 964, not 9465, which showed that we had about 23% from memory of, uh, of, our mem of our members were women, but they were occupying 40 to 45% of the key roles, and they were re really sort of, as a cohort, punching way above their weight. You've got 38%. Are you seeing anything similar in terms of, uh, of impact? You've, you've quoted some other fantastic stats there. Yeah, so good angle to look at because in my district leadership team, 50% are female, and uh, so it's evenly balanced. Out of our 58 club president, 12, 12 are female. My youngest club president is a lady, 21 years. And uh, so if you look at it, our female members have actually played a key role and we have, we have four past governors who are female. Have five, one, one passed away. So currently we have four past female governors. So I, I think there is no problem. Most of the club leadership positions are filled in and district positions are open. Uh, there's huge diversity. We don't look at it as they are male or female. I think if they are the best, they come in. I, we have to look at like that. But but we have a very good proportion, Kiro, of uh, female member participation uh, in leadership. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Looking at diversity, we've talked about a couple of important ones there, age and gender. What about other measures of diversity? Because, I mean, diversity is a really important issue for Rotary um, in, in terms of being an inclusive organisation. What about other measures of diversity within the population of your district. Are you seeing any significant improvements there in terms of, of the mix? Yes, yes, we see a large amount of, you know, diversity in Rotary, we have to understand it's in the longer terms. It's not really necessarily looking at colour or the language you speak or the nationality you come from. It's actually, it's our second, it's a, it's a third value of out of our five values. Diversity is the diverse skills and talents that and expertise we bring into Rotary. And that is what helps us to leverage service. So, you know, the five values of Rotary starts with friendship, fellowship first, then integrity, then diversity, then service, then leadership. So it's in that format. But just to tell you how people are attracted in my district, in the Passport Club alone, there are people from 17 countries and they speak 11 languages in that one club of 35, 34 members. So can you see now, if you look at that kind of a simple diversity, but the skills they bring in is unbelievable because if you look at today, I think last month, the Down Under RDU featured their website as to one of the best, their Instagram, Facebook website, because they are all people who are working in that field. So they do it with passion. Um, you know, just now in the evening, my club, we hosted an information evening in Palm Beach, just five kilometers away from my suburb between 
Kurumbin Beach Rotary Club I showed you and Burley. And we had 11 people who came from outside. And there was one lady, she's from Mexico and she lives here now and run, works, for a, uh, works for a real estate company. And moment I showed the values, she said, I love this diversity because I'm looking for an organization where I can fit in, I'm new. And can you see, we have to show that we are bringing in people, not only of color, race, and ethnicity, but also skill. Mm -hmm. I think I go to the broader, that, that's the skill set that I think is more diverse in Rotary, and that is where we have to look at. But overall, if you look at nationalities, yes, I think we have something like 38 nationalities in our district. Ah, fantastic. Thanks, Andy. Getting back to the uh, to the mission and the fact that you've got to be working across the entire zone, are you intending to work with all districts in the first instance or focus on getting the process up in, in a few and then spreading it? Yeah, actually, let me say, you know, I have identified six districts, you know, two in uh, New Zealand and four in Australia because that's a start where I will focus, you know, I think in everything I like to focus and pilot, but that's why I built a team around me, experts, so that I don't have to be there all the time. You know, I can, I am good. You, you have an event, you call people, I'll come and pitch. Give me 10 minutes and I'll get you 10 people to say, yes, we want to be part of Rotary. But, you know, so I'm, I'm the pitcher, you know, so give the pitcher the pitcher's job, but that's why I build a team. So you have experts to go from there. How do you start the passport club? How do we get a corporate club going? You know, what do we do? You know, so you need people who are in it, who can be experts. And as we go, you know, I may have the team building around me for the zone who are experts, you know, build a cadre. Um, yeah. David Egan and I know this word very well, a cadre, <laughs> but, you know, build a skill set of people who are good in passport clubs, good in corporate clubs, satellite clubs, and that's how it'll expand. Because I want to have a pool where any of my colleague, assistant rotary coordinators who are in charge of two, three districts or district governors or governor nominees can immediately access that resource, expertise. So there's no bottleneck. You don't need Andy. If Andy has a team, go there, get it. You know, I, I really want to decentralize it and be available. That's the way we can grow faster and more sustainably. So, so we really break down the barriers. Yes, fantastic. Now, getting back to younger people in Rotary, and I want to come. I want to come back to that question of the, the whole zone thing in a moment. But I mean, I realise it's up to the individual what club they join. If you have the opportunity, say, through a, a Rotary uh, international referral, is it better to point, say, a, a young person to a, say, one of your clubs made up of young people? or to say to a traditional club where both are keen. Okay, you know, I think you have to look at what the young people's lifestyle is, what their cause is. Now, for most of the people who are under 25, their most important cause is environment, not COVID. So like, you know, so they are cost driven. So if the club is not into that cause, they won't fit in there. It's not the age. You know, age is not really the problem. It's the mental age. You know, you can, I have a, like, you know, my, my, you know, my district coach is 75 and he was the governor when I was his membership chair, but his mind is like 25. You know, it's my, I, I know people who are 25, 30 whose minds are 85, right? 
but you need you know you need to get that mindset of people who are ready and uh, so it's not that really age you know so sometimes you'll have younger people who'll fit in i have clubs we have a club board assert rotary club a board assert they have five members under 30 in that club including the current president but that club consists of all people over 50, 60 years but they fit in you know they fit in with that style of the clubs and the course i think the clubs the costs of the clubs the you know the projects and courses they do is what will attract the young people it's really not what a club looks like for the people fantastic thanks andy um andy this mission that you're on i think is we all agree is just so important that uh, it's that's really uh, Pretty crucial that everybody gets behind you with this if we're to uh, if we're to turn the turn the ship around, if you like. So my next question is, uh, how can others, how can all the rest of us in Zone Eight help you with this crucial mission? Well, let's all get together and start a new club each. You you know you only need to get 10, 20 people. You know you get one community champion. Even today at Palm Beach, I, that's why I said, I asked them how many want, and I said, okay, we need one or two community champions. One community champion, I had six people said, yes, we are ready to be your community champion. Now that's a good way to go. And I handed it to my club. But you know, I think all of us together, I am a catalyst. I'm a catalyst that can, catalyst to expedite the process. And that's what I'll do. You know, I'll set my goal, I'll move within a timeline. So you need a whole team to go, and that's my district's, uh, achievement is I was able to take my whole team with me because they believed in me. But people actually believe in your examples you said, not your opinions. Because I had started clubs, they, my district had total confidence that this man is going to start clubs. And this is what. So I experimented and I was happy to fail. But practice makes you perfect as you keep going and doing it. You do it, and that's what. So I think what we can do as a group, we have ARCs, we have one of my biggest supporters, David Egan here, past governor from Adelaide Club, and which has done marvelously well. Darcy and David Egan has done a wonderful turnaround of the Adelaide Club. Uh, you know, we can take all these models together, have it, but have our experts moving in fast. There's no time. You know, no time to start plan on the 1st of July. We must have our plans ready now. That's why I already have my four districts in Australia and two in New Zealand. Of course, my colleague Tony's district is one. So, <laughs> and I'm working closely with him. I've known him for many years now. And so it's, you know, what we can do. But if we build our teams, we can work in every district. And that's where our model should go to, that we can do it. But, you know, later we can, you know, I, we have the different strategies, how we looked at you know, five years ago, we looked at where, when I showed the bucket and why we were losing members, where can we go for, was the age, young people and females. And the suburbs that had the largest number of young people and females are where we formed our new clubs. Fantastic. So I, I need the support of all. I mean, I need the support of all the governors. I need everyone because in my district, the leadership came with me. And if they oppose, then it's not going to work. And if I'm not accepted in a district, I'll dust my feet away. Uh, dust the, I'll, I'll, you know, dust the sand out of my feet on that, and I'll walk to the next. Yeah, I just, I just find it really interesting that Andy said that this started four years ago, 
And of course, we have that challenge in Rotary where our district governors change over every year and so do our presidents. And I'm just wondering um, if you cast your mind back, Andy, um, how, did, how did it come about that four years ago they started that journey? I know there's been a big kick up and it, and it often takes time and you obviously are a very key part of this last year and making that happen, which I'd like to have a question about as well, if you don't mind. But how did it start for a start? You know, you know that you got other, everyone year after year sort of going towards the where you got to. Yeah, you know, as I told you, I was a catalyst and, you know, moving in that I can, you know, and I had the confidence, yes, we can. So like in my club, how I, I changed my club from Burley from 22, it went to 35. Then I became the district membership chair and into public image. And then I came in working with the leadership team into the governor's team, being a governor nominee designate. And I was the membership champion. I would champion membership and public image. And, you know, it became infectious in the team. They said, okay, because as you know, most of the leadership, don't, we don't want to talk about membership. And they ha they saw me, or oh, here's the lone voice in the wilderness. Fine, give it to him. But then when I started proving, they built confidence. Yeah, this can be done. Let's support Andy. You know, he's the winner. It was not, you know, we did not have the tall poppy syndrome here. They said, okay, back him. And they said, Andy, we want you to be a governor because you're the man we need here now. And, and and I was a membership champion. I came into the G train. We called the G train as a governor nominee designate. And today, the membership champion in my district is Dave Harmon, who has grown his club. And we have brought him in, of course, in a selection process as district governor nominee coming into our team. So see that we can see three years later, they will be here. But he is with it, and our team will back him. Okay, so it's it's a kind of a, you know um, just one word. I was able to. Past Governor David, I was able to create an ecosystem in the district that believed membership is important. That's the only way to survive. And yeah. we need to back it. So it's an ecosystem we created. It took us four years. You know, this is, as you see, what you're seeing now is all what we did in the four years, all the support the past governors and the team has given, the club presidents. I even handpicked more than 10 of my club presidents. Three years ago, I told the clubs, Keep this person as the president for me. You're younger. That's why I have 12 people under 40, because I said, let them travel with me mm. and I'll help your clubs grow. And I think, you know, we have the backing now. We know people have asked us, what are you going to happen after? But, you know, our district is in good hands. You're obviously very unique in the way that you can go into a town, <laughs> as you described, and uh, knock on a door of a LJ Hooker or whatever. I mean, that 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 is a pretty unique thing for any district governor to be able to have that sort of uh, talent to be able to do it and bring people with you and make things happen. Um, what would you say to, to the average TG, TG nominee or president that wants to get really serious about, you know, how do they get that talent? I mean, it's pretty unique. Of course, you know, it comes from your background, you know, these are the diverse skills and talents we bring in, different people have. So I may have it in me, but in your team as a governor, if you don't have, you bring your membership chair, not your best friend, the man who has that kind of skill, knocking on a door and walking, you know, how you, how somebody who can sell a, refriger, uh, a refrigerator to an Eskimo, right? I mean, you would tell him to, that's the way to keep the food warm, not to cook, keep it cool, right? Yeah. So, you know, you have to get the team right. So I, I had that skill, but mm. 
if I if a governor doesn't have it, I don't expect everyone to develop that skill, but we can. We can. But I think my message to any district governor is you need to know the importance of the role that you're appointed to. As a Rotary International District Governor, represent the Rotary International President. And he's the or she is the only RI officer in that district. I think we have to take note of that position and leverage that position to do a lot more things. I can walk into any office. I mean, at Palm Beach, when I had, we're having the information night, two days ago, I called the counselor, whom I know. I said, counselor, this is Governor Andy from Rotary International. We are having a session, would you, I would like if you can join us. They come because, you know, they respect our office. But, but it's again your example you set. When they invite, we must go too. But you know, you have to keep that relationship. Every town, every area I went in my district, David, the mayors attended my functions. The state parliamentarians, the federal member. I went for a changeover on Sunday, Mount Warning, my own governor-elect club uh, on Sunday morning. And the federal member for parliament of that area attended. You know, it's important. We must go out and, you know, elevate ourselves. We are governors. And we can walk in. We have that excuse, you know. I may not have it next year, but after the 1st of July. But if you're a governor, use it. Leverage it. But if you don't have the skill, get somebody who has that skill. And I think we can get that. That's our diversity. You'll have better people than me around in Australia in districts who can knock on doors. There are better salesmen, insurance salespeople. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for your support, David. You have always supported me. David is one of my great supporters, David Egan. Oh, David, David is a, is a wonderful IRC. Andy, last question. District Governor Andy Rajapaksi, why are you in Rotary? I like, yeah, I think I heard that before from you. You know, eight years ago, when I migrated here with a suitcase full of dreams, being a governor was not one of those dreams because I've held every position in Rotary since I started in Sri Lanka and in all the countries I lived uh, in clubs and all that. And being governor was not on my radar at all. But when I moved here with dreams, I had no family. I still don't have any family here and no friends. And I came here with confidence. And today, each one of you is my friend and is my family. And this happens because of Rotary. And it's not only this time. I have been asked, I worked for CNN for seven years and I worked in seven different countries. I remember my Norwegian president told me, tomorrow you have to fly to Beijing. And that's all I had for one year to go to Beijing. And I had friends before I went who were Rotarians. I've done that from Johannesburg. Connect with the Rotarian, they come meet you and then they become your friends. You know. I am in Rotary to give back now all those connectivity that Rotary has offered me to make me who I am today. I know I, I can do so many other things, but that's something, and I, this is a simple story I share with people. It's the power of Rotary connecting is something that we have to share. And I want to share that opportunity with others who may have not had that opportunity that I had because of Rotary. Is the power of connecting. You know, the friendship, that is our first value. Value of fellowship means friendships. When friends eat and drink and break bread and drink wine, that is called fellowship. 
that is where we build our trust. And, and that is why, you know, I'm in Rotary and I'm doing all what I want to do with new clubs is bring people in just to become friends and see the connectivity. And remember, Rotary, we have done it for 116 years. So there is something right in us connecting people because we have the integrity of connecting people. Fantastic. Thanks, Andy. That's absolutely brilliant. Now, at this stage, at this stage, Andy's done a, a power of work for a bit over the last hour. Righto, let's have a let's have a great round of applause for a wonderful presentation Q and A session for, for Andy. So, yes. Great work, great work, Andy. Thanks, Andy. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you, so thank you so much, Kiro, and thank you for every one of you. And I hope uh, nice to have Barbara, and I hope I will get the chance to meet you in your districts as we go along. And I'm looking forward to it sometime. Uh, but thank you for your time. I think I have to thank each one of you the time uh, because, Kiro, I think that is our most biggest value we have uh, asset is the time that our members give us to Rotary. Mm. Yes. Thank you, Kiro, once again for this opportunity to share my ideas and bring my district to your doorstep.